Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's groundbreaking book, In This Together, landed on bookstore shelves with a powerful message. When we work together, we can do absolutely anything. Guidance from 40 women leaders with specific strategies to help women advance their careers makes In This Together even more relevant today, especially with the pandemic's impact on women in the workforce. Take your career to the next level with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly's In This Together, now available on audiobook. Download your copy today. Not having the experience and being a woman, and it was hard. I think it was really, really hard for me to get people to take me seriously. Um, I got a lot of like, nice project, little girl type info. Right. Um, or like, oh, that's a really inspiring idea, you know? It's like, this is not an idea. This is not a project. Like, this is a business, and this is going to be successful. That's Lisa Curtis, the founder and CEO of Cooly Cooly. So I started to feel malnourished off a diet of, you know, rice and millet primarily and uh, asked some of the women in my health center where I was working, you know, what can I eat that will give me more energy? And they mm. pulled these leaves off a tree and mixed it into this popular West African peanut snack called Cooly Cooly and said, you know, here, eat this. It'll make you feel better real problems. On one side, we are introducing an entirely unknown ingredient to the U.S. market. And, you know, we've got a lot of traction over the past five years. There's a lot more people who know about Moringa, um, but there's still a lot who don't. Um, and it's still, you know, kind of an uphill battle of how do we educate people about what this product is. And career journeys. The Peace Corps after college, I was a volunteer in Niger, West Africa. Um, was in a very rural village, no electricity, no running water, and not a lot of healthy food. So, And leadership lessons. Celebrate your rejections um, because you're, you're going to get a lot of them and that um, they will teach you resiliency and, you know, hopefully you can get some, some feedback from those and, and get some real understanding of how to come back next time and be even better. You're listening to The Real Years Podcast to find out what motivates people beyond their chosen careers. Okay, and we are going to go live in three, two, one. Welcome listeners. Whoa, welcome listeners to episode 28 of The Real Leaders Podcast with the founder and CEO of Cooley Cooley, Real Leader Lisa Curtis. Cooley Cooley is America's leading Moringa brand. They provide the highest quality of nutritious Moringa available. Cooley Cooley's Moringa is rich in iron, calcium, vitamins, and antioxidants. The Moringa provides a complete protein with all nine essential amino acids. By, handing, by hand harvesting only fresh young leaves, Cooley Cooley ensures that their organic Moringa powder is more nutrient dense and less bitter than anything or any others on the market. Over 60% of Americans say that incorporating more vegetables into their diet is their number one priority, but may find it difficult to get their greens at meals other than dinner. Cooley Cooley's delicious Moringa Superfood Bars, pure Moringa powder, energizing Moringa herbal tea, and Moringa green energy shots make it easy for Americans to get their greens on the go while helping to plant Moringa trees and support women farmers in in the developing world. Lisa Curtis began working on Cooley Cooley while in the Peace Corps at uh, Niger, correct me if I'm wrong, Niger, West Africa. As a volunteer in her village's health center, she gained a firsthand understanding 
of the common nutritional challenges faced in West African villages and how Moringa can play a role in helping to address those challenges. Prior to Kulikuli, Lisa served as the communications director at Mosaic, wrote uh, political briefings for President Obama in the White House, and worked at an impact investment firm in India. That was a lot. Lisa, thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Well, you know, Lisa, there's so much going on and... Uh, having all the Reelers 100 participants for this entire month of January has been something special. We've learned a ton. Our audience has been super inspired and has reached out and, and commenting about how impactful and how appreciative they are of the Reelers like yourself. But for this podcast, Lisa, we're we're going to keep it cool, right? And we're going to start out. And I just I got to ask you, what is the background of Cooley Cooley, where did the idea of selling Moringa originate from? Yeah, so it actually came from when I was in the Peace Corps. So I joined the Peace Corps after college. I was a volunteer in Niger, West Africa, um, was in a very rural village, no electricity, no running water, and not a lot of healthy food. So I'm a vegetarian and at the time couldn't find a lot for me to eat. So I started to feel malnourished off a diet of, you know, rice and millet primarily. And I asked some of the women in my health center where I was working, you know, what can I eat that will give me more energy? And they Mm. pulled these leaves off a tree and mixed it into this popular West African peanut snack called Coolie Coolie and said, you know, here, eat this. It'll make you feel better. Um, And I did. I had never eaten anything that had like such a profound impact on my body and um, did some research just being like, what is this plant? Like, why is it so nutritious? And um, found, you know, like you said in your in your intro, Moringa is one of the most nutritious plants in the world, more nutritious than kale. Um, And so wanted to find a way to support some of the women that I was working with and also, you know, others like them to grow more of it, use more of it locally. And then the thing they really wanted was to find a way to earn a sustainable livelihood by selling it. So um, fast forward now, uh, five years on the market, um, about seven years since I came back from Peace Corps. And wow. we are the, the largest Moringa brand in the country selling products in about 7,000 stores nationwide. 7,000. Oof. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk all about that. And you mentioned it's uh, more nutritious than kale. Um, you know, uh, just graduating college and eating, you know, rice and, and pasta every single day for a living. I've really tried to step up my nutrition game. And yeah. when I found out that Moringa um, is has two times the protein of kale, four times the iron, three times the calcium, and 2.5 times the fiber, I said, Lisa, yeah, send me some of these Cooley Cooley shots before the show. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get hyped up on Cooley Cooley. Right. But, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's fascinating that you're in 7,000 uh, stores. All jokes aside, you're in 7,000 stores right now. You know, and I just want to read a quote to you um, that I read in a book called Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey. Mm-hmm. Today, actually, I got this quote. He says, at some point, vision combines with scale to transform the world. Yeah. How are you able to scale Cooley Cooley? Yeah. And that, you know, I love that quote because that really speaks to what 
about. And um, we realized pretty early on that we didn't want to be an organization that made promises to small farmers that we couldn't keep. Um, So it happens, unfortunately, pretty often in the developing world where people go in and say, grow this crop or do this thing. And, you know, you'll get so much revenue. And and I really wanted to make sure that whatever I promised in terms of what we would purchase, that we were able to purchase that and more. Um, And so we have put a lot of emphasis on this idea of like no market, no mission, um, and really making sure that we scale our, the demand in the U S as we scale our supply chain and we keep those things in balance. Um, and so we, have grown a ton. I mean, it's been like a lot of hustle, a lot of hard work. Um, and, and you know, it, 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 but it's, it's worth it. It's my dream job. Definitely. Definitely. Well, that's important. And a lot of our viewers are, are new to this, the social enterprise, the, the, the idea that uh, you can make just as enough money while also having additional environmental and societal values. Um, and you mentioned that in your supply chain, uh, you know, not only is Cooley Cooley a healthy, um, nutritious uh, ingredient, um, but empowering women in developing uh, in, in the developing worlds. Um, could you touch more on kind of how you empower these women? Yeah, absolutely. And there are some men in there too now. We, it's not all women, but we do place a real premium on, on working with women farmers and um, women-led cooperatives and different organizations. So I think one good example of this is a woman named Pirouette. We actually made a little uh, video about her last year. She's incredible entrepreneur. She has five kids and her husband passed away and she was uh, basically forced out of their family home. Um, And she was on the street with her five children and she ended up attending a training on Moringa and starting a Moringa business and um, has worked so hard and now has 120 women all women who are like widowed or otherwise Mm -hmm. disadvantaged who are growing Moringa. Um, and, and she's been selling it locally for a while. And her vision is like, how does she scale this up and work with more women all around Benin? And so we've worked really closely with her, um, to help her build a new processing center to help her understand, you know, what are the requirements to selling in the U S market? How do you Mm. become organic? Um, we led a trip for her to go to Ghana that we, we funded and meet some of our Moringa suppliers there who are already at scale. Um, so it's a lot of things like that, that goes, you know, it's very different than us just like forking over some cash and saying here, you know, let me buy that Moringa from you. Um, it's a much deeper relationship and a much more impactful one. Well, definitely. And, and I think, uh, you know, when we define social entrepreneurship, uh, there's a lot of um, not scrutiny, but uh, dissonance between what really is social entrepreneurship? Is it is it nonprofit? Is it for profit? Um, but the example by adding additional value, I didn't mention what I just learned from you is uh, you're providing first world market access to a third world country, um, a yeah. third world business. 
um, which is incredible. So the, if you're a viewer out there and you're listening to this on the podcast, on the audio only, um, you know, it's, it's basically flipped uh, from a nonprofit, from a, a charity where charity donates down to these to a third world country, third world business. You are uh, growing this third world business to provide access to a first world um, market. Very fascinating stuff. And, um, what, you know, what were the unique challenges that Cooley Cooley faced when you were trying to scale and work uh, with this organization? Yeah, I think we've faced challenges on two sides. So on one side, we are introducing an entirely unknown ingredient to the U.S. market. And, you know, we've got a lot of traction over the past five years. There's a lot more people who know about Moringa, um, but there's still a lot who don't. Um, And it's still, you know, kind of an uphill battle of how do we educate people about what this product is. And, you know, more recently, it's been really interesting to see competitors entering the market and and sort of like riding off our coattails. And um, and so also telling consumers like why they should care about how the Moringa is grown, why they care about, you know, that that it's actually organic and doesn't have any pesticides, why they should care about Moringa that, you know, doesn't have any um, heavy metals. And, And so, you know, basically sort of helping them understand why both from an impact and from a the quality of the product that you put in your body, um, Cooley Cooley having direct relationships with those farmers is is so so important for um, consumers and makes a, an ultimately a higher quality product. So um, I think that side of the business is is kind of one challenge, and then the the second challenge is is the supply and the fact that um, you know we're effectively talking about small farmers and and scaling up small farming operations is difficult. Um, We've had, you know, to go from, from sourcing from just like, you know, one or two suppliers to now we're sourcing from a lot of different farming groups and in a lot of different parts of Africa and South America and a bit in Southeast Asia too, um, in order to meet the demand and make sure that we're not putting too much strain on any one supplier. Interesting. So South America, Southeast Asia, Africa, what other continent? That's all three. That's all? We got them all. Well, that's, that's a lot. It's so a lot. interesting. So, geographically dispersed. <laughs> what was that? Like, walk me through that process, like that those years when you're reaching yeah. out to these farmers or what did it look like? So, um, you know, I had this group that I was working with in New Share. Um, that was kind of initially where I was like, great, we'll just source from them. And um, turned out that they were doing it at like a very, very small scale. And one of the challenges with New Share is it's a landlocked desert. And so it's very expensive to mm. export from. Oh, okay. um, and, you know, we tried sourced a couple of things and found we were actually spending more on shipping than we were on the Moringa itself um, just because of the, the small scale. And so um, ended up finding this really cool women's cooperative in Ghana that was already operating at a larger scale. It was like this, um, you know, sort of good sized community of, of women farmers doing it. And uh, they had just started to sell in like two stores in New York, but um, didn't really have the sort of expertise or the on the ground footprint right. to run 
the U.S. market side. And so um, we ended up partnering with them and, you know, saying, great, you know, you guys keep doing what you're doing in, in terms of growing really high quality, high impact Moringa, and we're going to help you sell it. Um, and so that's where we started. And we've since grown from there. And um, now we're working with the U.S. State Department on a, a grant to help um, scale up some of the original farmers uh, that I'd been working with in Niger so that we can also source from there. So it's all it's all coming full circle. Yes. And now a quick break to hear from those who made this podcast possible. Seriously. Well, it's it's so fascinating uh, to learn about how these companies operate. I mean, the little things that go on behind the scenes uh, is what I love to hear about. Um, and so I just got a question. I guess the first thing that kind of matters is like, so you're, you're spending all this all this money on shipping and exports um, originally. Um, is Can Moringa not be produced in the United States or is it more important that you work with developing worlds yeah. and their employers? It's a good question. So, you know, Moringa is a tropical plant in the same way, like technically you mm. could grow crops like cacao or you know coffee or certain other plants in different parts of the U.S. but they won't grow quite as well as they grow in the tropics. Um, A lot of the people we've seen doing Moringa here in the United States are doing it in either like a very small scale or using greenhouses um, because if the plants freeze they'll die Um, and so what we've found is that, you know, best to source these plants from the places where they grow best. Um, and the, the really interesting thing from a, a carbon perspective, and we actually worked with the Yale School of Forestry on this to do a full uh, product life cycle, or sorry, carbon life cycle analysis of our products, because um, we want to reduce that carbon. And what we found was that because we're shipping in such large quantities, if you can think of like a massive container load, you know, 20 foot, 40 foot container load uh, full of Moringa powder, um, they actually often, there's carbon in somebody driving to and from the grocery store than there is in uh, that the shipping process. Um, so that was kind of an, an interesting one. I think there's been some other papers that have shown kind of similar things. Um, the, the just the economies of scale are, are interesting there. And, and then the second thing is we actually found that the biggest sort of carbon area that we directly controlled, again, wasn't the freight, it was the packaging. Um, mm. That because the packaging, um, you know, is sort of the standard food packaging, it is um, you know, it's not compostable. And so that's one of the areas we're spending a lot of time is like, how do we create or help, you know, move the industry forward and, and get to compostable packaging. Mm, Interesting. So it seems like, um, you know, your, your double bomb line, that additional environmental, uh, value that you're adding is, is that a, a priority, uh, for Cooley Cooley? Absolutely. I mean, the cool thing about Cooley Cooley is, so we're actually a, a benefit corporation, which some people are like, Oh, B Corp. I know what that is, but, um, B Corp is a, a certification in the same way, like organic is a certification. Uh, benefit corporation means that like within your legal structure, you actually are, 
like have a fiduciary duty to maximize impact alongside profit. Um, so we're like this kind of interesting hybrid between a traditional for-profit and a traditional nonprofit. And I think the best of both worlds. Super cool. Very cool for Cooley Cooley. Uh, so <laughs> w- what about, uh, and this is the last um, yeah, question I'll ask you about really, really your business. Mm-hmm. Now when I get onto uh, kind of your experience and kind of what you've gone through, um, I want to talk about like funding when you, when you said you've mm-hmm. been able to scale and go to these different uh, countries. Um Walk me through that process. Where did you get your funding from? How'd you start? I've raised money from like literally everyone. Um, okay. Like every every capital source you can think of, I have hit up. Um, nice. It was really hard when we first started. You know, imagine I was 22, had no experience in food whatsoever, and nobody had ever heard of Moringa, and everybody thought it was just like a totally crazy idea. Um, the number of people that wanted to write me, you know, even like a $15,000 check were very few. Um, so initially started with an Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign. Um, so basically getting money in exchange for, you know, product and, uh, then did a Kiva loan. Um, so zero interest loan sort of again, crowdfunded Then did a crowdfunding equity raise. Wow. Um, so we're raising from investors, but sort of again, crowdfunding and then did a sort of more traditional seed round and then a series A and then a series B. So, um, we've raised close to $10 million in, in total. Um, but from every source you can think of. Well, you know, it's, it's one thing to just say we're raising money from all these different sources, but that takes a long time and a lot of convincing, a lot of persuading. Um, Oh my God. You have no idea. Walk me through that. I mean, what's that struggle like? I mean, I'm sure there's gotta be some times where there's just no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, walk me through what those years are like, especially as a, a 22 year old starting out. Yeah, I think as a 22 year old, not having the experience and being a woman and it was hard. I think it was really, really hard for me to get people to take me seriously. Um, I got a lot of like, nice project, little girl type info. Um, Or like, oh, that's a really inspiring idea. You know, it's like, this is not an idea. This is not a project. Like, this is a business. And this is going to be successful. And I need you to like, take me seriously. Right. Um, and so that was, that was a pretty big struggle early on. Um, I think, you know, once we had some traction, so we, we got into whole foods, um, did really well in one store, they took us to 40 stores and they took us to a hundred, then they took us to all, you know, 445 stores. Um, and, and we got success with some other retailers as well. Um, and, investors started to listen. Um, but it was still like an exercise in rejection. I think you just have to be really good at saying, okay, great. You said no. Um, you know, thanks. Uh, let me know if there's any feedback you can share and like, I'm going to move on because there are other people that think this opportunity as like see, see kind of the, the opportunity in this. And so let me go talk to them instead. And, um, you know, I used to joke that like my goal was to get like 20 notes a day. Wow. There, 
See, how, now how important was goal setting? I mean, a, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially starting out, don't have a lot of direction. How important was goal setting yeah. for you? Um, I'm pretty intense at goal setting. I have like, you know, and like annual goals, both for like, like coolie coolie and like personal sort of growth learning goals. I have like a five-year plan. I have a 10-year plan. I have a like, what am I doing today? I have, what am I doing this week? Um, I like goals and I like lists and I'm, you know, never really ever get to the end of that list. Cause I just like keep writing down more things. Um, but that's, that's what keeps me motivated is feeling like I'm making progress and feeling like I'm, I'm moving towards those goals. That and the fact that like one of the best parts of raising money is like, then you get to hire people and it's not just you and you have a, a team and um, that working with such an incredible team um, is one of the big things that, that motivates me as well. And, and now what advice uh, for, you know, our audience, young entrepreneurs, uh, people who are starting out and uh, like we talked and mentioned earlier, might not see light at the end of the tunnel um, or it's, it's very difficult, might not be organized. Yeah. What, what advice uh, would you give to them? Um, you know, celebrate your rejections um, because you're, you're going to get a lot of them and that um, they will teach you resiliency. And, you know, hopefully you can get some, some feedback from those and, and get some real understanding of how to come back next time and be even better. Um, and, and just know that it's, it's a long process and it's a slog and it's a roller coaster. And there's, you know, whenever anybody tells their story of like, oh yeah, we just went from the Peace Corps to, you know, a multiple multi-million dollar business with presence in 7,000 stores. Like there's a lot of like blood, sweat, and tears that doesn't get talked about in that process. And right. so like, if you're feeling like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, like that's okay, that's normal. And that's expected. Well, it's very inspirational for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure. Um, and and you know, a lot of that blood, sweat, and tears, it's working right now because uh, Cooley Cooley just got ranked out of the top 100 top impact companies of 2019 by Relayers Magazine. And we got to ask you, what's next? Well, now we got to be number one, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 2020, um, Cooley Cooley, here we come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we gotta gotta be number one. Um, so we are very focused on a couple of things this year. Um, one is e-commerce. So we have done a great job in retail. We've gotten into a ton of stores, but we also recognize that a lot more people are buying online. So if you are an Amazon shopper and wanna buy our products and give us a five-star review. I will personally thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, we are also very focused on scaling our supply chain and really um, scaling our top suppliers. So we've we spent a lot of last year trying to get to the point where we just had enough Moringa to meet our demand. Um, and, you know, we kept our standards very high, like had to be very high quality, very high impact suppliers for us to source from them. Um, but it didn't allow us to go as deep with some of those suppliers in terms of really thinking about like, what are the challenges and opportunities in their business and how can Cooley Cooley leverage our position, you know, in being a 
a business in the U.S. with access to so many opportunities to help them grow. Mm. So very excited to do more of that. Well, we're looking forward to you in 2020. Um, and Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I feel like we, we covered a lot. We covered kind of the story behind Cooley Cooley, um, kind of where you are now and, and what your supply chain looks like, how you're employing women in, in developing countries around the world and, and advice to entrepreneurs to say, hey, the, the struggles, the, the tears, the, the blood, the sweat, it's all normal and embrace yeah. it, embrace the rejections. And we've learned a ton on this podcast. But lastly, where can someone listening to this find your products? So you can find us everywhere from Whole Foods to Sprouts to Safeway to CVS to Costco. We're in a bunch of retailers. Um, you can go to Coolie Coolie Foods, K-U-L-I-K-U-L-I-F-O-O-D-S.com. We have all our products online. You can buy them there. You can also look at our store locator and see where we're available in your area. Um, and then, of course, Amazon. If you're an Amazon shopper and write us a nice review, we'll be so, so happy. We're trying to grow that business. Folks, go on Amazon today. Give them those five stars. They need it. They deserve it. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. And lastly, uh, to all you listening to this, uh, you can also go online to not Amazon, but realleaders.com, where you will find the Real Leaders 100 magazine. And you can get it for free using code FREE100 when you order a year subscription. Get your magazine and learn about the companies uh, like Lisa's who are being a force for good. Lisa Curtis, everybody, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And Lisa, always keep it real. Thanks for having me.